You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Well, today I speak to you on what I've titled, The Fruitful Bride. 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 Now, a biblical illustration of our faith commitment to Jesus Christ for salvation is marriage. So marriage is a biblical illustration of our faith commitment to Jesus Christ for salvation. So marriage actually is a a lesser picture of the individual Christian's relationship to Jesus Christ. It is a lesser picture And I'm really going to show you that through scriptures. Now, in Matthew chapter 19, the Bible says the Pharisees came to Jesus. And they were asking some questions. It was clearly stated that they asked to test him. So, their intentions there were scrutinized. (laughs) They asked because they wanted to test him. Oh. People ask questions, and you understand why they are asking. At least it helps you know how to present your answer. So look at what Jesus did from verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? So he was pointing them to scripture. Now scripture here refers to the Old Testament. Praise God. So you must know that as at the time he was talking, the Bible had not been written. So don't think it was the Bible he was referring to. He was referring to the Old Testament. Okay, the Jewish scriptures. And he was talking about Genesis. Because he said, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning? So he's talking about Genesis. Genesis means what? Beginning. Good. At the beginning made them male and what? Female. So he's now referencing them to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read there. And said for this cause. For this reason shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And that they twain, the two, 
That's King James for you. Shall be one flesh. Are you here with me? Okay. So for this cause, for this cause, they were asking about divorce. And they were saying, Moses asked us to give women we want to divorce a bill of divorce. What do you think about it? So Jesus would have to take them to the beginning. And he brought them to the understanding of why marriage itself. Because if you can understand the purpose of marriage, then you can understand the terms of reference in marriage. So he brought them to the beginning. So, let's go to what he said. He said, for this cause, it is this reason why. This explains why a man shall leave father and mother. And shall clip. So, let's go to Genesis 1, 26. And 27. Then God said, let us make a man. Someone like ourselves to be the master of all life upon the earth and in the skies and in the seas. So God made man, Adam, like his maker. Like God did God make man. And then he said, man and maid, man and woman. Did he make them? Praise God. So, this scripture is telling you that both man and woman were in God. So when God made man, he made man in union with himself. Hello? Are you getting the point? So, what it means is that, listen, before Ish and Isha or Aisha came, Ish is the male man. Isha or Aisha is the female. So when you see Adam and Eve, you are seeing Ish and Aisha or Isha. Are you getting the point? Is it clear? Before they were made, they were already one. They were already one. 
And they were not one on themselves. They were already one with God. And God wants to manifest this in the physical nature. Where he would unite with humanity. Are you getting the point? So, he says, you are talking about divorce. But that is not God's original plan. So, God instituted marriage. So that by marriage, the mystery of God's oneness with man will be seen physically. So, it is for this reason why a man will leave his father and mother and be joined together and they shall become what? One. So, marriage itself is not the reason. God's unity or uniting with man is the reason to give an illustration of God's salvation. So that anytime we see marriage, we can see how God unites with man and is never ready to divorce. Are you here? Go to John 3, 29 to 30. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. Hello? So you see, the principle now runs down. John the Baptist, talking about Jesus Christ, says the bride belongs to the bridegroom. It was John who announced the coming of Jesus. And Jesus, the promise for mankind to unite with man is to come. And he is the announcer. And how is that going to happen? Because Jesus will die and save the world and live in men. And God's intention for humanity and God's agenda is done. So he says, the bride Referring to the church. The saved ones. They belong to Jesus who is the bridegroom. And he says, the friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. So John is saying that I am not the bridegroom. I only came as a friend to announce the bridegroom. Jesus, who is the owner of the bride, his elected ones. Hello? Am I speaking to you? Good. He says, the joy is mine and it is now what? Complete. And he says, he must become what? Greater, I must become 
So Jesus here is referred to as the bride. Do you understand the point? For this cause, we now have men who can be called bridegrooms. And women who can be called brides. To give us a revelation of God's marriage to the church. Do you understand me? I'll give you lots of examples to emphasize that. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 15 to 17. Look at Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthian church. We've already spoken a bit about them. They're a very stubborn church. They gave a lot of problems. If you read Corinthians, you see that Paul was always solving problems. One problem after the other. Look at what he said. Go. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts and what? And members of Christ. When, <laughs> when a man and a woman joins together, their children become what? Parts and members of their body. Is that correct? Okay. So, look at what he said. He said, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts and members of who? Who is the bride? Do you understand? Look at what he said. He says, so should I take part of Christ and join him to a... So you see what he's talking about? He's talking about Christ, but he's referring to like a marriage situation where one is cheating on the other. Are you getting the point? Yes. So they are going out of their marriage because look at what he says. He says what? Never go. And what? Don't you know that what? If a man joins himself to a prostitute she becomes a part of him and he becomes a part of her for God tells us in scripture that in his sight so he's talking about Christ and his church but he's using the marriage example look at the next verse so he says go but if you give yourself like the wife gives himself to the, what will happen? Go. You and Christ, what? Are joined together as what? So tell the next person, me and Christ are joined together as one person. I am for Christ. And Christ is for me. He is the bridegroom. I am the bride. Oh, praise the Lord. You realize that marriage is a picture of Israel's relationship with God. It's so clear that anytime you hear God talking about the Israelites, he speaks to them, referring to them as his wife. You see, all of this he did to show us his revelation of uniting with humanity. His marriage to the church. So he used Israel as a case study. And set Israel apart. And engaged Israel. So by the pattern, we'll be able to know that when he comes, revealed in the flesh, we'll be joined together with him. Oh, praise God. So he asked a prophet called Hosea 
And he, look at what he said to Hosea. Hosea 1 verse 2. He says, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go. Go take yourself what? And what? Look at what the Lord is telling him. Why is the Lord saying so? Go. And the children what? Of what? Okay. Because the land is what? Guilty. And the of the vilest adultery in departing. So you see what he's talking about. He's not just saying literally that the guy should just go and marry an adulterous woman. It's an example to show that Israel, his wife, has departed from him. <laughs> okay. So the term adulterous wives is mostly used to refer to Israel going after other gods. Let me give you a few examples. Ezekiel 16.32. He says, you adulterous wife, you prefer strangers to your own husband. Hosea 1.2. When the Lord began to speak, I have used that already, through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go take to yourself an adulterous wife. Referring to Israel going after other gods. Malachi 2.11 Judah has broken faith. A, de a detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves by marrying the daughter of a foreign god. So he was using that to speak to the situation because Israel he saw as his bride. The church is the bride of Christ. Look at Revelation 19.7. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. Oh, praise God. So he's talking about you, the church. Amen. And he, the Lamb of God. Praise God. Revelation 20, 21.9. One of the seven angels who had the seven bows full of the seven last plagues, came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Oh, praise God. Revelation 22, verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him come who hears and say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Look at what Hosea and Apostle Paul will show us. He actually refers to the love of a husband for his wife as an example of Christ's love for the church as a whole. So Hosea 3.1, he says, go. The Lord said to me, mm -hmm, go show your love to your wife again. No, so, so, so the wife went out. That's things. And the Lord instructed him, go show your love to your wife eh, again. Look at what he says. He says, though she is loved what? By another and is an adulteress. Mm -hmm. Let her love her as what? The Lord loves what? 
So like a husband, God the husband, loves the Israelite although they sin so much against him. And he never divorces them. I am giving you this same illustration. Are you getting the point? This example, love that wife. Though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raising cakes. Hello? No, you see, the Lord is showing us how he loves us and he will never let go. You see, no matter your wrongs, you see how he still loves you. He showers you with a lot of things still. Is that true? He never lets you go. He loves us. Okay. Look at Ephesians 5, 22. Let's go. Wise what? Submit to your husbands as to. So you see, if you are submitting to your husband, lady, you are not submitting just because of the marriage. You are doing it as an example of how you submit to the Lord. So you see, <laughs> the Lord is your focus in the marriage. And not your husband. In the same way, husband, the wife is not your focus. The Lord is your focus. Because if you are going to look at your husband, or you are going to look at your wife to love them or to submit to them, So, you see how the thing is. So, you see, because your marriage is only an illustration of your faith. Of your faith. Of your faith. So, that's the real thing. It's not your, your marriage. Look at it. Go. Now, as the church submits to as the church submits to who? Mm -hmm. So also what? Wives should submit to their husbands in? So our marriage with Christ is always the example. It's not the other way around. Yeah. So, when you marry and you are losing the Lord, then check. Are you getting the point? Yes. That's why I told you, listen, everything we are called to do on this earth must point to Jesus. Must point to Jesus. That's why he's the way, the truth, and the life. We don't understand that scripture. Everything points to him. The moment you lose, listen, you lose focus on him and you focus on things, you just use him as a tool to get things. He is not your objectives. You see, most of us, Jesus is not the goal. He's just a tool. 
So we use Jesus. And we get what we is our objective and our goal. It's either that the moment we get it, stay somewhere. Until we find another objective. And then he comes into the picture again. Look at Ephesians 5, 25 to 30. Let's go. Husbands, love your wife. Just as Christ loved the church. And to make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. Who is the example? Christ and his church. Praise God. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives. As their own bodies. That is how Christ loved the church. He who loves his wife loves himself. Hello? Why? Because for this cause. Are you getting the point? What was the cause? They were already one. In him. Hmm. To be united to the church. Are you getting the point? Yeah. After all, no one ever hated his own body. But he feeds and cares for it. Just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. Praise God. A woman's relationship to her husband is a picture of how the church is related to Christ. 2 Corinthians 11, 2. Go. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. This is Apostle Paul speaking to his, his spiritual children. <laughs> and he says, go. I promise you to who? To who? To who? And who is that? You see how he's referring to them? Because he understands that they are married to who? Christ. And he can see that they are having different husbands now. They are submitting to different things. He said, no. I engaged you. The promise there, the promise there is engagement. I engaged you. To one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. Okay. Ephesians 5.23, for the husband is the head of the wife. As Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the savior. Thank you. So now watch this. When God instituted that revelation of uniting with humanity and use marriage as the example, he gave the marriage charge. He gave the marriage charge. From Genesis, look at the marriage charge. Let's all go. Then God said, who said? Okay, God said, mm -hmm. let us make a man, someone like ourselves, to be what? The master of all life upon the earth and in the skies and in the seas. Okay, 
Go. So God made man like his maker. Like God did God make man. Man and maid did he make them. So they were one with God inside. Is that right? And then what did he say? Go. And God what? Bless them. And what? Told them. Hmm? Multiply and what? Fill the earth and what? Subdue it. Uh-huh. You are masters of the fish and birds and all the animals. Next. Mm-hmm. And look, I have given you the seed-bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I've given all the grass and plants to the animals and the birds for their food. Then God looked over all that he had made and it was excellent in every way. This ended the sixth day. Hello? Did you see the ministry charge? Yeah, the, 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 the marriage charge. They should go and more. They should go and more. They should go and more. So what God gave as an example to his marriage with humanity, he gave them a charge. They should go and multiply. Is that correct? Okay. So when Christ also married the church, when the true revelation came, See whether that charge changed. Because that's actually the original plan. Look at Matthew 28. When Jesus had died, resurrected, about to live, to consummate us by the Holy Ghost. Because he told them, don't go and tell them anything first. Let the Holy Ghost consummate the relationship. And then when we become one, go and do what? He said, make disciples. I have been given what? All what? All what? Authority in heaven and so the husband of the church has taken all authority. And he has given that authority to the bride. Are you getting the point? Watch what he says. Go. Therefore what? Go and make what? Disciples in all the nations. Baptizing them into the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Go. And then teach these new the children. Hey. The children, the produce that come out of the marriage. Teach them to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. Very important. The husband says, I have not left. How? How has he not left? I am with you always has nothing to do with he being external. He's talking about when the Holy Ghost comes. Have you forget how he, Jesus, was consummated? The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. In the same way he consummated us in himself. So when he was saying, I am with you always, what he means is that Wait for me. Don't go yet. 
I have taken the authority. I am coming to consummate. And when the marriage is consummated, now you will give birth. And fill the earth. That is why when couples marry, they are looking for children. Because it is the marriage charge. Go and what? Multiply. But the question is, since you got married to Christ, where are your children? You see how before you even marry, you have thought about your children. And how you prepare for your children. You see, how you buy the court. And you are looking for a girl, so you put pink stuff. You plan the name you will give to your child. And how you pamper the child. That is the illustration. Look at your attitude to the illustration. But the real marriage for which you have to give birth that will lead to eternity. Where are your children? Where are your children? Where are your children? We have been Christians for how many years? Tell me. Where are your children? Jesus showed this to the disciples before he would even go die. On his way to Jerusalem to go and die, he said, I have to pass through Samaria. I have to pass through Samaria. I want to show you exactly what my passion is. So he had to pass through, meet that woman at the well. Because Samaritans were rejected. They were not Jews. They were like Gentiles. Nobody respected them. Although they were living among Jews, they have been segregated. And that's the way the world are living in darkness. They have been rejected, segregated. But he actually wants them. He loves them. He wants to be in marriage with them. He wants to consummate them. And he's going to use you. So he passed through the place, saw the woman, started a conversation. And the woman says, I came for living water. I came for water. He said, I have living water. You'll never be thirsty again. See, all that we go around searching for in this world is outside our purpose. Jesus said, I'll give you what your purpose is. I'll give you water for which you not test again. Jesus was talking about eternity. Eternity will now be living inside of you like a well that you will draw. So he started a conversation. You have a husband? The woman said, <laughs> my situation is terrible. I have five failed ones. I'm, I've been married to so many things. I can't find fulfillment. I can't find satisfaction. I'm on the sixth one. Even that one is not correct. Jesus said, the seventh husband, 
the perfect husband, the complete husband, is right here with you. If you embrace him, he will fulfill the illustration. You are looking for a physical marriage and you are not married. It, it can't get better. Because you need to know him to know you. So what did the woman do? The woman said, I've heard that there's this Messiah. When he comes, he will reveal all things. The all things he's talking about, he's not talking about all things regarding the things that I'm just doing. The woman was talking about worship. Don't, don't forget. He's talking about eternity. Revealing the purpose of man. True worship. True worship. And Jesus said, a day is coming. When the true worshipers shall worship me in spirit and in truth. What it means that they shall be intimate with me. I will consume it. The truth shall now live in them by my spirit. And they shall know me for themselves. And you know, straight away, the woman left everything. And went into the village to multiply. And Bible said, they, they ran coming. Everybody was coming. And when they came to see Jesus... He said, we have seen him for ourselves. And we know that what you see is true. First day, she was consummated in the marriage. She brought forth a whole village. You have been a Christian for how many years now? Where is your child? Where's your child? When the disciples came, they were looking at Jesus. And they were said, Ah, he's talking to a woman. Hey, what is he doing? Jesus laughed. He said, We brought you your food. He said, I don't, I don't mind. I'm, 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 I'm okay. I've eaten. I'm satisfied. He said, Who gave him food? I'm sure they were now thinking some, some thinkings. Straight away, this woman has already fixed some food for. Hey! Jesus explained my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me, from finishing his work. Do you think the work of harvesting will not begin until the summer ends four months from now? Watch this. Look around you. Vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and are ready now for reaping. The reapers will be paid good wages and will be gathering eternal souls into the granaries of heaven. What joys await the sower and the reaper both together. For it is true that one sows and someone else reaps. I sent you to reap where you didn't sow. You didn't die. You are just receiving to go and produce. Ah, ah, 
I've done all the work. Just go and share. Many from the Samaritan village believed and he was the Messiah. In the woman's report, he told me everything I ever did. Move us. And let me finish this. Move us. The cry of the bride. Look at Rachel. Rachel was married to Jacob. Look at the cry of Rachel. Oh, Rachel, realizing she was barren, became envious of her sister. She knows the marriage charge. She said, give me children or I die. I know so many women who are crying this cry. But those same women come to church. And when they come, their focus is on the baby they want to have. They are forgotten that they have a marriage charge with Christ, their husband, to give forth children to him. Give me children or I die. Would you pray this prayer today? That Lord, give me children or I die. I need spiritual children. I'm going out to the marketplace. I'm going out to my workplace. I'm going out into the neighborhood. Lord, give me children or I die. You will not be the first to pray. Romans chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. Look at Apostle Paul. Oh, Israel, my people. Oh, my Jewish brothers. How I long for you to come to Christ. My heart is heavy within me. I grieve bitterly day and night because of you. Christ knows and the Holy Spirit knows that it is not mere pretense. When I say that I would be willing to be forever damned. If that will save you. Look at Romans 10. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. George Whitefield said, give me souls or I die. John Knox says, give me Scotland or I die. Charles Spurgeon says, as Rachel cried, give me children or I die. So may none of you be content to be buried in the household of God. Cry and sigh until you have snatched some brand from the burning and have brought at least one sinner to Christ. We have a marriage charge to fulfill. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. You want to be the architect? Being an architect without souls is meaningless. You want to be that doctor? Doctor without souls is meaningless. You want to be that pastor? Preach is good. (laughs) Pastoral work without souls is meaningless. Whatever you want to do and be, actually, you have a charge. That's why the songwriter said, a charge to keep, I have. And God to glorify. An ever dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. 
May the living word of God never cease to well up in you. May it register in your spirit. May your emotions, may your will, and may your intellect be charged up to go out and produce for the Lord Jesus. Amen. Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai Lead Pastor, Caris Center International We believe the word has begun a good work in you May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life Caris Center International Living heaven on earth Grace, glorious grace